and welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, and this is an exciting week for the animation industry. We have E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, happening here in Los Angeles, and over in Annecy, France, is the Annecy International Animated Film Festival. All sorts of amazing things are happening right now in our industry. It's such an exciting time to be alive. And speaking of exciting things going on in the industry, I am very excited to be presenting the conclusion of my interview with Cassie Soliday, script coordinator for Wild Canary, independent comic book artist, podcaster extraordinaire, and writer and editor of the Animation Network podcast newsletter. So without further ado, I present episode 46, Interview with Cassie Soliday. And I would also say, at the risk of sounding harsh, don't allow your introversion to keep you from doing what you need to do. I realize that a lot of people in our industry are introverts. I mm. myself am not an introvert. So I know there's people out there and be like, well, this is easy for you to say because you're not an introvert. But I see this though in friends and colleagues and people that I've met. Just because you're an introvert doesn't mean that that doesn't give you a pass to not negotiate and to not plan and to not stand up for yourself. Same time, just because we're artists doesn't mean that we can't do basic math. You need to learn how to do math and taxes and fill out forms. I feel like as artists, we're like, but we're creative and we're sensitive. And no, you're a person. You need to know how to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you have to take care of yourself. You have to be able to figure out contract negotiations and do your taxes and get paid what you need to get paid and not get steamrolled just because you're artists. Mm -hmm. You have to take care of yourself. Yeah, it's important. You're all you ever really have. So you need to take care of your hands. Those are your money, your money makers. Yeah. <laughs> your shoulders. You need to take care of yourself so that you can do a good job. And part of that, like you're saying, is get what you're worth. Yeah. Eat well, sleep, get exercise. None of us do those things, but we all should. You should always be None striving. Of None of us are sleeping enough. None of us are eating well enough. None of us are exercising enough, but we all should. Yeah. So we all drop dead at 50. <laughs> I've decided that consistency is key. So even if I exercise 20 minutes three to four times a week, mm-hmm. that's 20 minutes more than I would have if I hadn't made time. Because one thing yeah. that plagues me all the time is that oh, I'm doing this thing that I only moderately want to do. I could be drawing right now or writing. I could be doing other things that I want to do, you know, but that ultimately you need to invest in invest in your body and yourself and your strength so that you can make these amazing stories, this amazing art that you want to make. Because I remember when I first got into Wild Canary, I was just so set on being great at my job. And I did this at Disney, but for some reason, it's very interesting. At Disney, as a coordinator, I was running around a lot more, talking to everyone and like coordinating between people and setting things up. And at Wild Canary... 
a lot of people came to me because that's how the previous coordinator had done it. She had set it up so that she didn't need to go to anybody else. And it's also a much smaller place with fewer artists and everything. But they would come to her and tell her when things were ready to like move on to animatic. And so I didn't actually have a lot of reason to get up. I made reasons because I'm a very, I want to get up and go and talk to people. But I remember a few times my legs started hurting. They were just stiff when I'd get up and I'd be limping. And I'm like, oh God, I haven't moved for like six hours, you know? And you have to be conscious about what you're doing to your body. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's in a very extreme case. I've been doing this Pomodoro uh, oh, tomato timer. Yeah, and so, like, I like that a lot. Yeah, you work for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break. But of course, you know, it's interesting. So... When you're in production, if you're not at your desk, oh, you're probably just going to go talk to a director or something. But if you're an artist and you're not at your desk, why the hell is that artist not at their desk? I need this design right now. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. to be able to make your art, you need to be at your desk where you can make the thing on the Cintiq and meet the deadline, right? But I always thought that was interesting because yeah. a lot of the time you'd be like, where is this person? Because mm-hmm. you need them right immediately, but they're yeah. just like going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. But I witnessed that and I was like, oh, that's unique. And that's when you have to be like, chill, guys. I'm sure they just went to go get a cup of coffee. They Calm will down. return. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of other things, too, you have another podcast, too. Jammy's Bits of Jam Storytelling Podcast. Co-creator, mm-hmm. co-host. <laughs> Tell us about that. So I write as well. And that was building a deadline, a monthly deadline to write short stories. And like the cool thing about this project that I started with my co-host, Christina Kishpaw, she's a screenwriter. Uh, She just moved to L.A. to like pursue it, like actually pursue it. And I'm so excited for her. But it started out just we want to write more. But like we dwell on what we're writing. And so it takes us months to like really finish these long scripts and screenplay projects and we just wanted something quick it's like oh wouldn't it be nice to just write little things here and there but of course you have to get the idea you have to sit your butt down and actually do it so we're like okay let's start a podcast let's like make a monthly deadline where we share it and other people can like contribute and it's also female centric there were a few podcasts we were listening to there was just like a whole bunch of minutes kind of like Inga Pan girls were like the animation podcast there was maybe I think two or three girls on it but it was in the intern edition like the talent development everyone else was a guy and so I noticed that on a lot of podcasts it's just a bunch of guys because I mean I feel like guys just know how to grab opportunity you know what I mean Mm -hmm. women are a little bit more timid and of course not every woman is timid but a lot of them are because there is the society where oh be prim and proper and speak when spoken to or whatever and like not that's not everyone's experience that was a little bit of mine But one thing with the writing one is we wanted to be only for women so that we could share those voices. I'm just an advocate for women in the arts, basically. (laughs) Because, like, I didn't make things for a long time, and I always envied other people making things. And they always seemed to be guys. And, you know, and I didn't realize that till in my mid-20s, I guess. So this is Jamie's Bits of Jam is a monthly podcast we both write a story true or fiction or a poem based on a theme and this way we have to focus on that process it's like I have nothing previously in mind. I have to start from nothing but this one word. And so last month's theme was garden. So I had to brainstorm, what do I think about when I think about garden? And then like you have all these words, you're like, okay, can I craft a story out of all of this stuff? Because if it's what I'm associating and getting down, maybe there's a story that I would like to tell involved with that. So you kind of dig into yourself to find stuff to kind of mine for your material. And 
there was this memory because one of it was a dream and like Secret Garden I love that movie when I was growing up and I remember my mom telling me a dream from a long time ago and so like it kind of unlocks these memories and these places in your mind and you just kind of have to pull it together and then just write three pages and I think about this term I think it was a Ernest Hemingway structure I learned it I think in literature class at one point where it's like a tip of the iceberg I feel like most short stories are tip of the iceberg where you're alluding to things that happened before the start of the story or things that could happen after and I'm in love with that I'm like oh that's so cool and so usually when I write short stories that's what I do but you have to do that and then you have to read it because I think one thing that is lost sometimes is reading your own work so you've written it and then you have to record it and then if I have the people who submit stories, they send it to me. And like we review stories and make sure that it's something we want on the podcast and everything. But then I edit it all together. And it's really cool to experience your own work, hearing it played back to you, but also because I get to edit everything. <laughs> so it's really cool getting to hear other women's, you know, and a lot of the recordings come in very quiet. And that's one thing doing Ink and Paint Girls when interviewing people like, you know, they won't face the microphone or they're like, go off to the side and talk to a wall instead of you, you know? And a lot of us, and this, I think this crosses, it doesn't matter what gender you are, it's hard to talk about yourself, you know? Oh, yeah. It's hard to be like, oh, I'm a writer. Do you know how long it took me to say, I'm a writer? It's so hard when I feel like writing, you have to dig so deep in yourself mm -hmm. to do things because that's the stuff that really resonates with your audience. It's finding those moments that you can relate to I've had two writers on my show now, and they're both just very extroverted people. They both have an improv background, so they're very like, hey, I'm here, you know? <laughs> and so I, I, I find it very interesting, like some of the writers are like, I want to talk to you. You're so amazing. Please come on the show. And I mean, it's happened with artists yes. as well, you know, mm -hmm. but I just accept your brilliance and talk to me. And it's interesting. So having Ink and Paint Girls, it's so gender specific. When I shut it off, they'll tell me this horrible things that happened to them because they were a woman. But of course, you don't want that out there, you know, because like that might impact whoever was involved with it. They might trash talk you because you talked about it, even though you didn't name their name. It might affect you getting hired in the future. I don't know. It, it's just it's so interesting. And I remember someone said uh, when I was thinking about starting the podcast, they're like, well, just know that you'll be the female empowerment person going forward and it might impact you getting work. And I'm like, why would a podcast about women impact me getting work in the future? Like, because you'll be a crazy feminist. It's like, oh, what? Oh, jeez. And that's like, the other thing. It's like, why is it crazy and feminist? Why can't it just be feminist? And why is that crazy? Like, To quote Crazy Ex-Girlfriend's opening, my situation, my situation is a lot more nuanced than that. <laughs> uh, I don't, it's just interesting the words that are connected. It's like sharks being like evil, right? Or like villains. Like sharks mm -hmm. can be sweet and, yeah. and like. Nurse sharks. Yeah. Tiger sharks. Yeah, they're not all Whale evil. Whale sharks. They just eat <laughs> krill. They're friendly. Friendly behemoths. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. That's really sad, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I just think that. And again, this is both genders. People just need to accept the things that they want to do and like take it seriously. That was something my showrunner on my current show said to me. Because I'm always asking for like advice and stuff. I'm like, 
I will like dumb myself down just to get advice from you. Just tell me anything, please. <laughs> like, cause I want these things so bad. You know, I would love to be a showrunner someday. And it's like, how did you make your personal projects work for you in a way to get you to where you are now? And he was like, I took my, my projects seriously. So take what you're doing seriously and focus, which is something I need to work on, obviously. But take yourself seriously. What direct advice, right? And it's kind of hard to believe that you weren't taking yourself seriously before. For a long time, like pretty much all of my 20s, I would like to be a writer, even though I had written all these sketch shows in Chicago, you know? I, I would like to be an artist even though I had freelanced here and there. Like, nothing huge, you know? It makes you feel like you haven't done anything. And actually, I almost texted you earlier today and be like, Angela, I haven't done anything with my life. Maybe you don't have oh, to God. interview me. I would have been <laughs> like, like, oh, I would have I killed that quick. Been like, are like, you kidding me? Because <laughs> people need to hear what you have to say because we're all feeling the same stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all, we're all feeling like, can I do this? Will I do this? Will this work? I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. Oh, I've had these terrible experiences. People have been terrible to me or mm-hmm. what have you. All of us have had that. It's like, people need to know that that's, because that's the dangerous thing. If you think you're the only one, then that silences you because you think, oh, I'm the only one and no one can ever know. I'm just going to be in this corner. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I've been trying to, in learning how to manage my feelings, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's always about my feelings, but in learning how to manage it, you can reframe anything, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, if I'm alone over here in this corner, yelling into a void for someone to look at what I'm doing, I could do anything, because no one cares about me, no one is looking at me right now, right? right, and so you just start experimenting you just start throwing everything at the wall and then when something gets noticed that gives you feedback Mm -hmm. you know and then you pursue that a little bit more oh more people are noticing it oh they might need this you know and I can fill that void for them right Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of power (laughs) and strength in in knowing that no one's listening to you at that moment I mean it's hard for sure but I don't know I don't know what when it switched but right now I'm I don't care what I look like, what people perceive of all my variety of unfocused projects, because to me, it is getting focused more and more that I pursue them. In doing the podcasts, I have to interact with a lot more people, and I get to learn so much because I am directing the material I'm doing, right? I'm learning about my process and creating, keeping to a schedule, and getting to meet new creatives. And I think that's a huge thing about creating is that it brings people into your orbit and that you would never have met if you hadn't made it. You know what I mean? Because you will attract like-minded people eventually. I would never have met you if I hadn't done the Animation Network uh, newsletter. You know, like we met through that. And I got to know you through your podcast and through multiple events. And if I had not been putting myself out there, we would have just passed each other at ground zero and not have ever said hi. So you're giving people opportunities to meet you and for you to meet other people. That's true. Yeah. So because the other cool cool thing about growing up is that you realize no one is thinking about you, <laughs> you know? Yes. They all have their own crap or to pay attention to. they are thinking about you, but they might be thinking good things. Yeah. And you it's, don't even know. Yeah. That's the other thing is <laughs> I forget who told me this, but people notice 
even when you think they don't. And Mm -hmm. I don't say that to scare people. It's actually a good thing. It's you might think you're all alone and no one cares. There's someone out there, though, that cares and that you don't know. I mean, I've had this experience. I've done this to people where I've met people that they're just off doing their own thing and they're really quiet and they don't know it, but I'm watching them going, wow, they're amazing. And then you tell mm-hmm. them, and they're like, what? And yeah. they're, they're shocked. They're shocked to hear you say that. And people have done that to me, you know? Like, I'm just kind of doing whatever. And people, I don't come and be like, this is great. And I'm like, oh, hi. You know, <laughs> you, just, you don't know who's watching and who's paying attention and who you're helping. Yeah. So you might think, you know, one's listening. Someone's listening. Yeah. Someone out there is getting something out of it. And that's a, it's a good feeling to know you're helping somebody, especially... It's hard. It's, you know, it's really hard. Life is really, the older I get, life is really difficult. And it's difficult because we make it difficult on ourselves and other people make it difficult on us. And forces beyond our control mm-hmm. make things really difficult for men, for women, for children, for teens. If you're gay or straight or a minority, there's like opposing forces that are sometimes out there actually to get you. Mm-hmm. It's not paranoia. You know, there are things at work that are not, that are out there to keep you down. You can't also keep yourself down because then you get opposing forces in and with that, you got to fight that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what you're doing helps that. It helps you and it helps other people. Yeah, I hope so. That's always the dream right there. (laughs) Yeah, it's helping people. It's helped me. Yeah. You know, it's helped everyone who's wanted to do a podcast or comic or work in animation. And it's helpful to know... It wasn't easy for you, and you did it. Yeah, That's really reassuring, because when you hear stories of, and then they got it, and it was great, it's like, oh, so if it doesn't work that way, then it's not okay? Nope. Yeah. It's different for everybody. Yeah. And saying this again, you only have, you only really have yourself, and you can only really control yourself. You can't control how people treat you, but you can control how you react, and you can control what you do with your time. So it's just a lot of intention, you know, and I'm not perfect. Everything I do is sporadic, mostly. And it's going through an evolution of trying to keep myself honest to a pace that I want to be. And I'm happy. Like, I'm happy making what I'm making. And there will be seasons where I go through bouts where I get burnt out because, like, I'm like, oh, I'm on it. I'm, like, making all this stuff. This is amazing. This is better than I ever thought I'd be able to ever make. And it's still someone else's like 25% of their talent. I'm at 100, but that it's someone else's 25%. But I'm happy with the work I'm making. And I am taking workshops on Skillshare and then live and like Oli Academy. And like, I'm still working on all of these. I'm pursuing a writer's route in the industry, but like, I'm still gonna bring that back into the fold sometime. Cause even if I don't get to show run for like a big company like Disney or Nickelodeon, I wanna make an animated travel show eventually. It's not gonna be completely animated. It's gonna be like live action with animation. They're like, ah, I can't wait. But anyways, that's way in the future. I'm always gonna be making my own things. Cause that's what I can control. 
I've learned enough from production and from working on various people's independent theater projects in Chicago to be able to figure out how to kickstart a project or how to fund it. And I feel like the more experiences you have, the more you can pull every little thing that you need out of those experiences to make your own experience. And that was a huge part of being in college and being like, I want to be a well-rounded artist. I want to be a well-rounded person. Was so that no matter what life threw at me, I had some kind of experience that I could use. Exactly. And that's that's great that you said that. You know, it is about having experiences and just moving forward and taking what you learn. And I like what you said too about not worrying if you're a hundred percent and someone's twenty-five percent. Even if it is twenty-five percent, if they're not doing anything with it, what does it matter? You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of talented people out there that are not doing anything yeah I'm sure you've met them I've met them people are way better at art or what have you and they're not doing anything and you're just going how can you not but then well are you gonna limit them or are you gonna do what you need to do mm-hmm. exactly you do you you know yeah you can't be folding yourself in other people's lives <laughs> no you can't and also you said something earlier which I think is really important in that you don't know what's going on with them Because you might look at them and think their life is perfect and their life might be, you know, maybe their career is perfect, maybe, but their family life is falling apart or their personal life is falling apart or they have some kind of addiction or who knows? You don't know. You don't know what's happening with them on the inside. Yeah. And interestingly enough, so I was a part of one of my friend's uh, weddings. She's out here in L.A., but she got married in Illinois to go back to her family and I went back for her wedding. And she had invited the program heads of our animation program at school because we went to school together. And I was talking to one of them and he was saying that it came up organically in conversation, but basically he was saying that he complimented me on my ability to keep my life going and still be pursuing a career in animation. And that was really cool to hear because I fell in love at my Nickelodeon internship And we didn't get together for like a year and a half, but we have so much fun together. And we go travel around Southern California and we go have experiences. And that takes away from time to sit in a corner and draw or work on a storyboard or write a script. And it's time well spent and it has repaid me in making work which is really great because <laughs> my work was empty. You know, I was just so desperate to get work. I was drawing all the time, taking all these workshops, but I was burnt out and I was not enjoying drawing and going out and having fun with friends and, and this guy I really like that gave me fuel to be like, I want to make something that makes them laugh or something, you know? And when that teacher said that to me, I was like, oh, because that's the truth of life. You know, you always hope for a life-work balance, but you can't always have it. There will be seasons when you have to work late. There will be seasons when you can leave early. You can leave, like, at 6 o'clock instead of 9 o'clock, you know. And it's not always seasons. Maybe it's just a few days a week or whatever. But ultimately, I focused, not on purpose, but, like, I ended up having more of a life and developing a relationship. And other people in my internship program kicked their ass getting their job and like killed it and are still killing it, you know? And they focused on that. They're single, killing it in the industry, have tons of friends. I have a husband and making my projects on the side and I finally got into the industry, you know what I mean? So no one's life is the same. I would not have changed my experience. I love him so much and he loves me and it is so cool to be witness to each other's life. But 
yeah, I mean, it's just so interesting how people's lives turn out. And yeah, you don't know what's going on. And people make sacrifices. I've seen people push their significant others away so they can meet deadlines. They're like, oh, we'll, we'll hang out later. Or, oh, I'll come visit you in San Francisco in two weeks or something because I got to get this done. I got to do this freelance. So I'm forever going to be employable. I don't know. Just, there's just so many stories out there, you know, of sacrifice. And the people who are willing to sacrifice get to places faster because they are making that, that opportunity and in, in preparing for that luck. That is deep. Yeah. <laughs> you make a good point. Yeah. And even though, like, I focused on, on a relationship, it's like there's been so many nights when all I want to do is snuggle with him and watch a TV show <laughs> on the couch. But I get up and I edit a podcast or, like, you know, I draw an illustration or I write something. And maybe it's not great because I don't want to do it, you know. Yeah. I want to go do something else. But... At least you can get something done. If you only do it for 30 minutes, do that 30 minutes. Because, like, sometimes, especially with jammiest bits of jam, because it's a short story, I'm like, oh, I could do that quickly. Oh, that'll be no problem. But ultimately, sometimes I wait till the last minute. And it's really a lot harder to get it done when you have that deadline looming over you and you're, like, kicking your past self going, why didn't you at least write garbage so I could clean it up right now? So it's just, okay, I call it maker time. Monday nights, Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock to midnight. That's maker time during the week. And then I have a date night on Thursday night, so I can take my honey out. <laughs> and then over the weekend, it's either a family thing with his, his big family, because mine's in Illinois still, or I spend the entire weekend working on something and pretty much ignoring him. <laughs> so it's like you're always balancing things, and you have to make choices you might not want to make. Sorry to drag that out no, so long. That's I'm just really know. passionate about it. No, like, that's good to know because a lot of – it's good to hear about what you just said. This is the reality of if you have a spouse or if you have a family or if you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, this is going to be your reality and you oh, have yeah. to decide this. And I think most people – most people I've met want to be in a relationship if they're not already in one. And so this is, you have to think about, yeah, you do need to focus on career, but if you want someone in your life, you're going to have to have someone in your life. You're going to have to have time. That's another kind of void I wanted to fill with Think and Pink Girls is that, oh, it's female specific. So it's not weird for me to ask people about their marriages or how they are able to do kids as well. Because obviously if a guy was running the podcast and asking a woman, so how do you manage being a mother and a wife yeah. and a background painter or whatever? That's weird. You wouldn't ask a man that. You know what I mean? Like I've asked guys that, actually. No, that's like, good. That's I've asked good. guys because I'm curious. It's like, hey, you're married. You have kids. What yeah. is that? Because I'm just interested, just genuinely. What is that like to be? Because this isn't like, like I think of like my dad. My dad worked in the petrochemical industry. What? So, you know. <laughs> Seven o'clock, he's home. Seven o'clock, mom's home. And they're home. Mm -hmm. They didn't have personal art projects. They weren't trying to run a show. It's different if you're in that type of industry because you can just go home mm -hmm. and you're done. Yeah. With art, most artists, they go home, they're not done. You still they have go stories home to tell. And they still have <laughs> things to do. So how do you do that if you now have a spouse and children 
because your spouse and your children want and deserve your time. For sure. There's there's so many moving parts yeah. to being alive. <laughs> I know. It's like, how do you keep all this together without your entire life just falling? Because you've seen it. Yeah. You've seen people get divorced and their lives fall apart for one reason or another. It's like, how do you yeah. prevent that? Okay, I've seen one person <laughs> sleep under his desk because he was going through a divorce. That stuff is tough. In life, you're going to go through many things. And so, like, the more on top of your life you can be, hopefully the happier you'll be. I don't have kids. We would like to have kids, but, like, I don't even know how you would manage that. I can barely, like, sometimes make time for Mac. You have to be so intentional about everything. I keep saying that word tonight, but, like, you really do. If you don't make your own decisions, if you don't delegate your time where it's really important, no one else is going to do it for you. We're not in school anymore. No one's going to tell you, you need to go to this museum. Oh, you need to hang out with your, your parents before they die. You know, like, no one's going to make you do those things. That's true. So the last thing I want to ask you, <laughs> last thing, Animation Network. You do the newsletter. I it's do. It's a fantastic newsletter. Thank it's you. very helpful to people, <laughs> very insightful. Lots of really good everyone out there. Subscribe to the newsletter. I'm a subscriber. It's great. You guys have articles. You interview different people in the industry. You did a whole thing on the production pipeline, which was awesome because that kicked my butt. A lot of people understand that at all. So you have that. You have you know reverse classifieds. You let people know about events. Mm -hmm. And reverse classifieds yeah. is you send me your bio, your resume, your portfolio, whatever, and I put that in the newsletter and send it to people so they see your face, they see what you do, and they can recommend you. They can forward that newsletter to anywhere, to anyone to promote you. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a reverse classified before. That was actually Chris's idea, and it was a brilliant one. It's <laughs> a good idea, especially if you're like, I don't know anyone in the industry. Here's how to be be known by people mm -hmm. they will know you so there you go yeah so how did you get involved with that so that was a surprise so chris wimberly he runs the animation network podcast and so we were both working on the 7d we had actually met when i was an intern at nickelodeon he was super nice and everything he was very helpful he was a pa at the time so it wasn't even before like he was killing it but boy <laughs> he really grew into some amazing things so we were both on the 7d at disney and he had started his podcast in january because like i had done two episodes of my podcast but i was kind of sitting on it just kind of being like should i shouldn't i do i really want to do a podcast only about women? Like, is that reverse sexism? Like, I was really questioning everything. And so I met with him over the summer. I was like, hey, can we go get lunch? And I, we just talked about podcasting. And so I started my podcast in August, so like eight months after him. And then six months later, he asked me if I wanted to write his newsletter. Like he was like, I'm thinking about doing this thing and I wanted to know if you wanted to be the editor. And I was like really surprised because no one usually asked me for that kind of stuff. And I was like, huh, <laughs> me? <laughs> but it was ultimately because I'm so passionate about animation that I started my own podcast. Cause like, there's no money in podcasting, <laughs> you yeah, know? It's I would like to thank all the donations I have yeah. received. That is, that is the money in podcasting from, yeah. from generous donators like you, as PBS yes, says. Yes, and so blessed to have those people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you make it so much easier to pay hosting. Yes. <laughs> 
So he asked me to do this thing and I like he was like, you can think about it. I was like, no, I'm in because it scared me. So I was like, I obviously have to do it. So that's kind of how it came about. He just saw that how passionate I was about it because I was like making a podcast about animation. And I guess I'm assuming he liked my voice in terms of the questions I would ask and the, the stories I would try to get out of people. I'm sure. I mean, because of production and being so an part of why I like production, even though it's not my end goal, I love production because you have your hands in everything. You get to see it from script to animation to post-production, and that is so amazing to see all these people come together to make something happen. That is amazing. So I'm in love with animation, like the craft. It's so freaking cool. And there's so many nuances to it. We've talked about creative things and also the schedule and budgetary things. And like all of that together is this messy, beautiful, like beast of a craft called the animation. And so he saw that I was interested in that. And so we met a few times and then I just started writing the newsletter and it's hard. <laughs> Not gonna lie, it's especially I want to be relevant, but I also wanted to have a unique flair, you know, and I want it to be informational, but also fun with, because I've written two seasons of the newsletter now, because it runs when the podcast is running. So uh, Chris works in seasons, kind of like TV seasons, you know, like about 20, 22 episodes per season, which is really cool because it's about TV animation. So that's very clever theming there. Compliment to you, Chris. <laughs> so I get to do a newsletter every other week during that time. And, and so far it's been 10 newsletters. The first newsletter arc was pretty random and it was just kind of me like trying things out. But I recognize the more vulnerable that I would write about my experience, the more people would connect with it and actually email me back and be like, oh, I really liked when you said this. Can you write more about like this other thing? And that was really helpful in like, what should I write about? You tell me. Like, I have a lot of crap in my head. That might be <laughs> useful to you. <laughs> but the other thing is if no one's communicating to me and telling me what they want to hear, I still have to write it. So I have to figure out what do I wish I would have known before I was in the industry? And there's a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff that you wouldn't think that you would want or need to know. And so it's just kind of like getting all that experience and like kind of like just like narrowing down to points. Because like, as we said earlier about art communicating things, animation is a simplified way of communicating the bigger view of life. So like when you're writing, you also have to get these huge ideas and like communicate it into small doses so that they're actually digestible. So the second season, what you mentioned that I wrote about the production pipeline, it's different per show. So like I kept having to put that note in there because, oh, this person that writes this newsletter I read wrote that production does this and that storyboarding comes after design. But then you get on a show where design comes after storyboard and they're like, I don't think that's right. This newsletter said this. So like kept having to be like, don't expect every show to run like this. It's always different, but this is what the majority that I've witnessed has run like. And like, I've been on three shows, so I have to go and check with my network, be like, hey, I know you work on a storyboard driven show. Can you tell me about that pipeline? And so like, I have to push myself out of my comfort zone and go learn more about this craft in order to make this newsletter. Mm -hmm. But like in doing these projects and like writing for this newsletter, I only know so much and you cannot know everything. So you have to go seek out more information in order to communicate that to people who want to know all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's good for me to know anyways, just because I like knowing things so I can talk about it, because I love to talk if you haven't noticed. <laughs> but funny enough, I don't actually talk that much in my daily life. 
So I feel very special. <laughs> yeah. Because you talk to lots of me. So the thing is, like, a lot yeah. of my friends are probably going to listen to this and be like, who the hell is this? Cassie never says anything. But you know, that's funny though, because I have a lot of friends that I didn't know they were introverts until they told me. Really? Yeah, because I had no idea. Because in my mind, also though, my idea of what an introvert was was not correct. Oh. Like I thought it was a person that never speaks, who's <laughs> in the corner, who's afraid of people. That is not what an introvert is. So growing up, I just assumed everyone's like me because everyone likes to talk to me. And uh-huh. then it wasn't until college the first time where people were like, no, I'm an introvert. I'm like, no, you're not. We talk all the time. And they're like, no, I talk to you because you came and talked to me. <laughs> I don't usually talk to other people. I'm like, oh, interesting. So mm-hmm. now I just try to be more observant and wait for people to tell me <laughs> what they're I don't know if a lot of people would want to admit to being a Oh, what's the word again? Introvert. introvert. I want to say intimidate, but that's not the word. Uh, introvert. I don't think there's anything wrong with being an introvert. I just find it. There's. Not, I just find it fascinating, just because I didn't think there was anything particularly like either way until I got into animation, uh-huh. because I came from. I have a communication background, and I worked in sales, mm-hmm. so I'm used to big big people in reality TV, which is big, big people. I come into art and all of a sudden it's like, oh, people are really quiet. Is that okay? Like what's going on? And having to realize, no, it's fine. Some people are just quiet. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just, it's helped me to like, just learn to be more observant of people and their behavior and just to realize quiet doesn't mean shy. It doesn't mean intimidated it doesn't mean unfriendly it just means quiet sometimes that's all it means (laughs) because I feel like I think my friend nailed it because I always thought I was an introvert but I wish I was an extrovert that's like what I said when I met him and he was like no I I would say that you're an extrovert in introverts clothing and I think that's very true because like you're saying about being observant that's exactly what I've done my entire life because, like, I like seeing how people react. Mm-hmm. I like to try to figure out things that they're not saying, reading reading in between the lines as in, like, their actions or what they're saying. Yeah. Because there's always subtext there, right? And I think there's a lot of information there. So mm-hmm. I'm always quiet and waiting for someone to, like, give me more information and, like, yeah. hmm, you know, see how the scene plays out. Life is a movie and you watch it, right? Yeah. See, I'm trying to get better at reading subtext. Some things are just more clear than others. Yeah, and... You know, it's, I don't know, it's tough for me because I'm just really direct. So it's just like, just everyone be direct. It's like, no, nah, everyone's not going to be direct. And that's okay. It's yeah. okay. But that's also just... what's really cool about you because what I remember in meeting you, I was really taken aback with how direct you were. You're and just I hope like... I didn't come off as like, ha! It's like, no. Whoa. Well, <laughs> I mean, you were very startling to me <laughs> as someone who likes to like edge my way into like people's orbits and then like just kind of. I don't know. I have a very slow burn kind of approach, and you uh, were just like, wham. It's like, <laughs> Forest <hello>. fire. <laughs> like, you were just like, hi, I'm Angela Ensminger. And then you went into your story, and I was like, oh. Because, <laughs> like, I guess Chris told you that I was over there, and because you had read the newsletter and everything, and I was just like, whoa. And then, like, I remember seeing Chris later that day, and I was like, so this Angela girl, did you meet her? He was like, oh, I met her. <laughs> and we're like, I was just like, She's amazing, right? He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've met someone who is upfront about their name, 
or about what they want from me like right up front. You had a question ready, you're like, this is what I want, I wanna get a PA job in the industry. Like obviously that's not your end goal, but you knew that that was the first step. Mm -hmm. It's like, I would love to run a show someday, but I'm not gonna say, I wanna be a showrunner. I'm gonna say, I wanna, next I wanna be a staff writer or a junior staff writer, right? Mm -hmm. Cause there's, you know the end goal, but you yeah. also know the steps between because you're very realistic, right? Mm -hmm. But I think there's so much value in just being like, hello, my name is Cassie. Or saying your full name, you know? Like, I don't think I would remember your last name if you hadn't said your like, <laughs> full name the first time you met, like, I met you. But it was also at, a, like, a networking event. So that made it a little less weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, I'm glad I came across as confident and not like, ah. No, you were super confident. Yeah. It was just like, oh, she's going to make it. Like, Chris and I were not worried about you at all. That's what I'm gonna say. We're like, she's got it. And like, it took you a long time. Like, people can go listen to your interview on my podcast. Yeah. Uh, but like, you had a long journey too. And you're well spoken. You just had a longer, a longer journey. It took you a little longer to figure out exactly what it, you wanted. And once you found it, you went after it like hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> so like. I don't know. There's so much value in knowing who you are and what you want and why you want it. Because that's when people can actually step up and help you. Because, like, in, like, <laughs> listening to my journey, I wanted to write and I wanted to draw. But, like I, like, I don't know where that fits in anywhere, right? So, like, I wasn't aiming for anything specific. You want to be a storyboard artist. So, like, you're doing that all in your free time, right? Mm -hmm. And people know it, you know? You're like, hi, I'm Angela Ensminger. I want to be a storyboard artist. I have some questions for you. Do you, do you mind if I ask you? And that was like, wow, okay, I know who you are, what you want, and you're going to ask me some questions. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, she's going to make it. She's going to be fine. <laughs> I don't know. There's something really important about having a strategy. Even if you don't know it's going to work, it's like, well, like, hit that, hit that, like, path until you realize yeah. what isn't working. And then, you know, evolve, right? very nice things thank you yeah <laughs> i love helping you guys because y'all yeah. are doing such good things with your podcasts and with the newsletter and with the animation network you guys are doing just this wonderful public service <laughs> just for the entire industry you know yeah. tv and film it is helping out so many people because there's all these blind spots and just different things that just people just don't know. And how would they know? Because yeah. they're not in it and schools aren't teaching it because they're not here in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. So it's it demystifies all of this so that people can have a plan and they can know these are the kinds of careers, these are the kind of questions, these mm -hmm. are the kind of studios, here's what's going on. Here's people's stories, real life people that you see their names in the credits. Here's what they're like. Mm -hmm. It's very helpful to people. I mean, I know it's helpful for me. Yeah, me too. So it's, it's really helpful. Yeah, I think because I really love what Chris is doing. He focuses so much on like the job, like the craft, like what do you do in your role? And they do, he does go into some of their, you know, their life. Uh, but it's very, like, very basic points, right? Because mm -hmm. the bulk of it is how did you get your job, what do you do in your job, and how can others get to where you are? Exactly. And since he's extended the podcast, it goes more into life stuff. But, like, your podcast and my podcast, we're all about, like, 
who are you as a person and how did this job, how did you fit into this job and how did you make it your own, right? Mm-hmm. And you're right, like those, that is so valuable, like all of it together, like all of these animation podcasts, talking about the craft, talking about your life, making, actually doing the craft in your process. Yeah. I found it amazing that at Disney TV when I worked there, I was talking to a few people about the podcasts, just like all three of our podcasts, because he listened to all of them. And one thing that was really amazing, it was that this was a professional listening to all of our podcasts. He'd been working for like years. And like, there were some people we had interviewed who he never knew certain things about them until he listened to that podcast. And then all of a sudden, she was more a more rounded character to him because like all he knew was that she would leave early a lot but what he didn't know is that she came in two hours early in order to leave early to go pick her kids up you know so like there are things that might annoy you (laughs) at work but you don't know why they're doing the things that they that they're doing or that they have a situation already worked out with the producer so that's okay and it just makes people be like oh they're human they're not a machine that like like turns out turns out are yeah Mm -hmm. and I think that's so amazing because for my podcasting campaign girls like I want it to be valuable for my target audience junior seniors in college up until one two years working in the industry and that's kind of a huge target audience but ultimately I find it so helpful hearing their stories even as a professional in the industry and like through your and Chris's podcast as well is just you know we're all figuring it out nothing's black and white (laughs) there's a lot of grays in there and hearing about other people's failures it just makes you like okay I'm not crazy (laughs) and also it's because your heroes they achieved this monolithic status and they're people Mm -hmm. before they became your hero they were a person (laughs) and they're still a person stupid things and they made mistakes and that is part of life and it's reassuring it's like oh you are immortal Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I find it a really amazing what Disney has done with a lot of the stars that have worked on their movies. Or, you know, you have the Disney Legends kind of PR move. Well, it's not like a PR move. It's a real legacy move because they really value the legacy. And they try to give credit where credit is due. But it's who gets that credit? It's kind of like the Hamilton musical. It's like who decides whose story you'll tell. I forgot the exact line, but it's like who decides who lives, who dies, who tells your story. If there's no one here to tell your story when you're gone, who's going to do it? That's why you make art, right? And it's like on the slim chance that someone notices and want to like talk about it when you're gone. But Disney has taken these stories of people who worked on their movies, who had a huge influence over the early days, and have made them kind of like these mythical figures, right? No one will forget the Nine Old Men. They might forget some of their names. They will remember that, you know, that Mm -hmm. group. And Frank and Ollie will forever be infamous. Glenn Keane will forever be remembered. Mm -hmm. Mary Blair is all over the frickin' parks. (laughs) Like, she will not be forgotten. She, production design, all those... I know Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, they look that way because of her. There's so many other people. Those movies weren't just made by like 12 people, you right. know? It was a lot. And it's just really interesting who gets remembered. Yeah. Well, I think that's why it's important to tell other people's stories, tell those stories of those people, but also make your own stuff. Because if you're making your own stuff, then you are telling your own story mm-hmm. that people are not going to forget because you made it and it's out there. 
I know for this podcast too, this is the reason why I interview the people I interview. I've had a couple of well-known people, famous people on here, but for the most part it's people that other people may not know and that's intentional, like you were talking about intention. That's on purpose. Because these are people I knew, they're doing great things, but they're not famous. That's why I want to talk to them, because they're not famous. It's like, I want to talk to people that you're not going to necessarily hear them on a podcast. You're probably not going to ever see them on a behind-the-scenes DVD or anything like that. I mean, unless they create a show or create Mm -hmm. a movie, which they all might one day, they're just as important. There wouldn't be a show or a movie if they were a game, if they weren't working on it. And that's the thing. It's like, you don't have to be a famous person to matter. You just have to be a person. Just being a person makes you matter the end. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I volunteer produce with this organization called Camp Real Stories. And it's a media camp for teenage girls, and it's all about teaching them, like, how to use a camera, even, like, their cell phone. You can make a film on your cell phone, and at that age, you just need to make something, right? They learn how to write a script, they learn how to storyboard, they learn how to compose shots, and then they actually go make their own film. And this is all within five days. And the first time I volunteered with them was three years ago, and I was forever changed after the experience. Brenda Chapman actually came and talked to them as well about storyboarding, which was really cool because the creator of the, the camp used to work at Pixar as well, Esther Pearl. But all these women just came together to teach these teenage girls how to tell their own stories because all of us had learned later in life how important our voices were. No one's going to pay us to tell our own stories if we don't believe in ourselves to tell our own stories. So that's why I got my tattoo. They're quote marks on my wrist so that I could look in front of me and be like, do I like what's happening? No, change it. Yes, continue. Make your own stuff. Exercise your voice. Find your creative voice. Experiment. Do what you want to do. Life's too short to live someone else's story. That is great. With that, I just have to ask you, Cassie, where can people find you? online. <laughs> Too many places. This is fantastic. <laughs> I've been trying to do Twitter a little bit more because I want to be a part of the community. So I'm at Cassie Solly, half my last name. It's C-A-S-S-I-E-S-O-L-I. I'm also on Instagram quite often actually at Cassassi Comics. I don't remember. Just go to my main website, Cassassi.com, C-A-S-A-S-S-Y.com and all my <laughs> social media is on that website. Well, Cassie, it has been wonderful (laughs) speaking with you this evening. I have very much enjoyed our conversation. Me too. I learned a lot about you and (laughs) life. I feel really good right now about just getting out there and just making things. So thank you so much for being a part of the show. Oh, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. I'm so excited to be on the thing that I listen to. It's so cool. (laughs) That's great. Well, you have a wonderful night, and thank you again. Yeah, thank you, Angela. And that concludes my interview with Cassie Soliday. As always, special thanks again to Cassie for being a wonderful guest. It was a pleasure having her on the show, and hopefully I'll be able to have her on the show again in the near future. And if you've enjoyed today's interview, make sure to leave a review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more and more people to find out about the show and wonderful animation professionals 
just like Cassie. And you can also support the show by visiting the website at www.theanimatedjourney.com, clicking on the donate PayPal button on the right hand side and leaving a donation. And another way to support the show is by supporting our wonderful affiliate sponsors, Amazon, Audible, Loot Crate, and Blueberry Podcast Hosting. Amazon is your place to shop for everything under the sun. Audible is your place to go for wonderful audiobooks. Loot Crate is where you want to subscribe to in order to get awesome geek and gaming gear. And Blueberry is the perfect place to host your very own podcast. I highly recommend them. I've loved working with them for the past year and a half. They are quite fantastic. And when you click on those affiliate banners on the website and make your regularly scheduled purchases, a little bit of money comes back to the show. And that enables me to pay for hosting costs, technical costs, and the like. And again, I can't say it enough times. Thank you so much to everyone who has left a positive review, who has donated to the website, and who have supported our sponsors. They appreciate it, and I appreciate it a great deal. And to see what else is going on in the wonderful world of animation, particularly E3 and Annecy, make sure to check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash theanimatedjourney. On Tumblr, the site is www.theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, the handle is at animjourney. And to see what I have been up to, you can visit my website at www.sketchysoul.com as well as Tumblr at www.sketchysoul.tumblr.com. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash sketchysoul. And on Instagram and Twitter at sketchysoul. And one more thing that I just want to share with all of you out there. Today, June 13th, marks my six-year anniversary living in beautiful California. Six years ago today, I moved to California and two weeks later started art school and continued my journey from art school to becoming a professional working at Nickelodeon Animation here in Burbank. And I just wanna say to all of you out there, this career is totally worth it. For everyone out there who's currently working in the industry, you're doing a fantastic job, keep it up. And for everybody out there who is in school, getting ready to go to school, has just graduated, applying for internships, applying for jobs, applying for everything under the sun, working on your portfolio, working at random jobs, trying to survive and thrive, it's totally worth it. Keep at it, don't give up, don't lose faith, your time is coming. I am living proof that it is possible to not only get a job in the industry, but get a job that you genuinely like, working with people that you enjoy being around at a studio that is a lot of fun. So keep at it, keep working, keep striving, and one day you will get there. And I hope that you found today's interview encouraging, and I hope that all of you know out there that I'm rooting for you. I am rooting for your success. So as always, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody.